Welcome to Kids Gone Global, a community podcast brought to you by the International School of Hamburg, Germany's pioneer institution in international education. I'm Sarah Reich, your host and the school's director of community relations. In this series, we explore how this international school helps its students hone their skills to become global citizens who can thrive and engage fully in our interconnected and ever-changing world. So what are these 21st century life skills? Together, we will explore the dynamic landscape of education and uncover how schools are adapting to prepare students for a global society. I have the privilege of engaging in conversations with students and experts in the field of international education and childcare. Through these dialogues, we aim to expand our understanding of educational practices in a globalized world. Welcome and enjoy the show. In our previous episode, Dr. Alan Knobloch laid out how schools help students develop core skills for their future by using real-life challenges and experiences. In this episode, Michael Kent takes us outside the classroom, off the campus and offline to show us what the great outdoors can teach young people. Michael is a geography and environmental science teacher at the International School of Hamburg and the coordinator for the International Baccalaureate Career-Related Programme. He opened up the Duke of Edinburgh International Award here at the school four years ago. The Duke Award, as it is known in Germany, is the world's leading youth achievement award for 14 to 24-year-olds, operating in over 120 countries through partners such as this school. Michael has been involved with the Duke Award since 2011 as a supervisor and as a program coordinator in two schools. In Hamburg, he began the program in 2021 with the Bronze Award the first of three levels, bronze, silver and gold, and hopes to see the first group of silver award students through this year. To me, his ability to get an ever-growing number of teenagers to leave the comfort of their couches and screens, to pull on some boots and rain gear, and go out and brave the element never ceases to impress me. But beyond this, the topic Michael is here to present today is how this Duke Award program complements the school's goals of teaching life skills to his students. Welcome, Michael. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for inviting me along. So what are the principles and values that underpin the Duke of Edinburgh Award program? I see the award actually as a program. When I hear the term award, I think of you'll be an awarded for doing one thing. But I think of this as a program because there's multiple parts to it. So there's a volunteering part, there's a physical aspect, there's a skill aspect, and then there's a well-known bit of the expedition. So for the volunteering, skill and physical, Students complete one activity for either three or six months. Two of them will be done for three months, one of them for six months. And then the expedition, we do a practice expedition for in the bronze award for one night, two days hiking. And then we do a final expedition for the same amount of time. And then once they've completed each of those sections, they get the award. And each of those sections really aims to promote their kind of independence, their organization skills, and keep them going on one particular thing for an extended amount of time. And I think each of these areas really focuses on endurance of sticking at something, the endurance of the hike, the endurance of the kind of camping, as well as not being able to do multiple things for six months, you'll do one thing for six months. So the ability to stick at it and to organize yourself to meet particular goals over a long period of time. So what brought you to direct this program for this school? So when I came to ISH, there was no Duke uh, Ward program. And I 
didn't want to do the Duke Corps program because it's a lot of work. So my initial kind of reaction to that was I'm not going to start it here. And after about a year, I couldn't help myself. I really felt like it was a gap in what we offered. After a year of understanding the type of students we have at ISH and what motivates them and what they're interested in, looking at the quality of what they were doing in the CAS program, in their NYP service. The CAS program being? The, the creativity, activity and service they do in the IB diploma. I could see that lots of the volunteering aspect, the skill aspect, they were already doing those things. So I felt as a duty to the students, we needed to bring the Duke Award program in to really maximize what they were getting out of what they were already doing. And then linking to the other aspects of the, the IB to really fulfill our goal as, a, as an IB school. So what is your target audience? Is it a specific age, a specific profile of students? At ISH, we started with a trial year with grade 11 students. And the reason I chose grade 11 students was they're slightly older and me not having that much experience at that time of kind of camping and hiking in Germany. I wanted to use the older students as a trial. So that was our initial target audience. And I didn't have a particular type of student in mind. I think this benefits all different types of students from all different backgrounds and experiences. And um, so it's not like I only wanted people who have already been on big hikes or already went on family camping holidays. So it was open to all students from grade 11. And what that year showed me is it's absolutely possible to do in Germany. There's plenty of different places to, to hike and options for camping. And um, so now we've opened it up to grades nine to 11. And last year we ran our, our first full year with students from all those different grades. What I saw is we had a mix of genders, we had a mix of cultures, we had some students who was their first year in the school, some students who'd been here for a long time. So that was really great to see the diversity and the types of students who got involved. And so now some of those students are going on to silver as well. So they're carrying the journey on. And again, we've only just really started the sign up. I've got 35 students signed up for this year. And again, we're seeing a great diversity in the types of students. So you've been uh, running this award for over a decade now. Do you see the types of people who participate or the students who, and teenagers who participate evolve or change in, in that time? I, I don't think it's necessarily changed in that time. I think perhaps what they get out of it may have changed a little bit. In terms of the types of students, it's a, a fine kind of balance to, to keep between we want to increase engagement and we want to increase the access of the program. But what we don't want to do is force people into it because this is all about them independently challenged by choice of, of choosing to challenge themselves in this way. So we tend to find that we have motivated students in this school at the moment because it's fairly new. Students who may already be motivated in other areas will take on this challenge. What I would like to see change there is that students who may not be, say, as academic as some students choose this as a way to fulfill other goals. So I would like to increase the amount of students we get involved. But at the same time, I don't want to make anything mandatory or anything like that, because this should all come from the student themselves as a way to challenge themselves rather than it being an external thing they're pushed into. If we think about in that kind of time I've been involved with Duke of Edinburgh, how the, the student has changed, I think what has changed a lot has been the, the digital landscape they're involved with and social media and things like that. And now our students are very connected in their everyday life. 
And I think one of the benefits I see now, as opposed to when I started doing it, is that ability to get out into the more wilderness and isolate themselves a bit um, can be quite liberating for the students doing it now, because it's very rare in their everyday life that there isn't some kind of surveillance on them, whether it's chat showing their location from their pocket or their parents checking in on them or the other ways in which surveillance happens in their life. I think it is very liberating for them to not take their phones with them, to be disconnected digitally and to go out and take part in an expedition. And I think that's quite different to when I first started because that kind of digital landscape wasn't as involved as it is today. This digital disconnect is quite drastic when you think of it. It is a couple of days when you are out on expedition, which is a long time for us who are used to glancing down at our phones constantly. And I assume all the more for the digital natives our young people are. How do you witness this transition for young people, this break in their digital habits? I think there is some anxiety that created by it for sure, because for many of these, these students, they've had a mobile phone since grade five, six, and they're now in grade 10. So to say we're going to leave that here and we're going to go without it can create some anxiety. But I think they enjoy that process. And very early on, it's one of the first questions they ask, can we take our phones with us? And they say, no, and that's, that's not actually a, a Duke Award rule. They could use GPS software to get around if they wanted to. That's more of a personal thing that I think this is a time where they can disconnect. And that, yeah, I do see the, the benefit. I love the campsite in the evening because they're sat around in a group and they're speaking face to face. And actually when you outside of school, because we have an away for the day policy in school, but when you see the students outside of school, they are buried in their phones. And even when they're in a group with their friends, they're on their phones. Um, so to see them sat around the trangier with the food cooking in the evening and they're talking about what they're doing and they're really present in that moment. I think there is a kind of mindful aspect to that, that they're present, they're engaged at that time, and they're not worried about what's happening in the social media world or whatever it might be. They're, they're there and they're present with their friends and having a nice time. And is this an aspect that they recognize and they talk about to you after the program? This connect was actually a reconnect? Yeah, I think and the connection to nature is quite an, an, an interesting one because I don't see it necessarily as a reconnection to nature because I don't think as humans, we have that connection. So it's almost just making them aware of that connection and all the studies which show us people heal more quickly when they can see trees and things like that. I think there's something fairly innate as us as humans and through going out on the expedition, it just really awakens that within them. And I remember one student, this was when we were in the UK and we walked by the devil's punch bowl, which is in. I'll probably get the county wrong now. I think it might be in Hampshire or Surrey. And a student said, wow, that looked like a screensaver. And the only place I'd ever seen a landscape like that was on a Microsoft screensaver. But then to see it in person, you could see that kind of sense of awe of nature was awakened. And that was really nice to see. So yeah, I think that's a huge benefit of it. And I think having devices with them would detract from that. You mentioned that the trigger needs to be students choosing to challenge themselves. How does this come about and how are they challenged in the program? So I think the, the program will challenge students in many different ways, just to pick out a few examples of how that might happen. How can you stay connected? So the ability to really manage themselves, they also have to manage this in an online system called the online record book or in the UK, it's called EDV. And that's where they log everything they do. 
So the ability to manage themselves, to get to the place, to do the thing, and then to make sure they're keeping the records up to date as well. I think the first is in their organization skills and the ability for them to, I mentioned endurance, but to stick at those activities for six months or three months or the expedition for the two days. I really work on their organization of how am I going to be at this place at this time every week for six months. And when we go on Christmas holidays, how am I going to organize myself so I'm able to stay engaged with, say, learning the guitar, which might be their skill. And how are they going to organize that in the first place? How are they going to find a tutor and how are they going to get an instrument or whatever it might be? So I think organization skills, and that's really important thinking about the kind of co-curricular aspect of DOV because it is a, those skills they develop and they develop that through challenging themselves will ultimately help them in all their different subjects and keep up to date with homework and assignments too. A second area I think it really helps is in their uh, resilience. So the ability to keep going with these things and when things don't quite go so well, how will they get through it? And working in a team, for example, so collaboration skills, when they do get lost, which inevitably happens on an expedition, how do they work with each other to solve that problem rather than it's not an option that you split up and go separate ways. How will the team come together and work on that? We had a group on our previous expedition that eventually got to the finish quite late. And I said, where have you been? And they looked on the map and said, we were down here. I said, how did you get there? And they could work back through what had happened to get to that point and kind of the errors that have been made. But that was without judgment. We thought we were here. It's not this guy thought we were here and then told us to go that way. That showed me that they had done this as a team and that they'd solved it as a team and they felt that team effort was what they valued. So that's really important there. And it's not always easy when you're out in nature. It's not comfortable sometimes. Uh, the first year we did it with the grade 11s, it was incredibly cold. Uh, we had a, a heat wave leading up to it and we were really happy. And then all of a sudden temperatures dropped down to about three degrees in the night, but they cuddled up. They stayed together in their tents and they worked it through. Some of them spend a bit of extra time in the kind of heated toilet area. That's fine. So yeah, it's just about in that sense, getting them out of their comfort zone and what might be an easy way out when you're at home or when you're in school isn't an easy way out on the Duke of Edinburgh award expedition. So working on resilience and, and really problem solving, but most importantly, solving problems as a team. You mentioned quite a few skills and abilities taught through this program. How does that complement what you're doing in the classroom for the International Baccalaureate curriculum? So at the heart of IB programs, of any IB program, PYP, MYP, DPCP, we have approaches to teaching and approaches to learning. And that's always at the center of any IB program. And for me, the, the Duke of Edinburgh Award really supports that approaches to learning that we learn through making mistakes. And the Duke of Edinburgh Award takes them out of their comfort zone, but in a safe way. So they know that I'm just at the end of a phone call from their emergency phone. They know that there are supervisors in and around who will help them. They're on the same campsite as us. So although they are in a very unfamiliar situation, there is a safety net there so they can fail safely. They know that if they do get lost, I'm going to be able to find them. I'll be able to pick them up. I'll be able to support them in finding the right way. And ultimately, if it gets too dark and cold, they can jump in the school van and we'll drive them to the campsite. So 
there's not the kind of the danger that may be associated with failing when you're completely on your own. So there's a safety net there, but they still can fail and they can learn from those mistakes and they can work on them the next time. So really, I think the learning that happens here is that key thing. We also have the IB Learner Profile and the IB Learner Profile has a whole number of, of different things we expect our IB Learners to, to be. And for example, to pick one of those is principled. And there are many ways in which the Duke of Edinburgh Award requires students to be principled and allows them to work on that attribute too. So for example, the volunteering aspect. We've had students do some amazing things with volunteering. One of our students, they've asked if they can use their work in their kind of end of year report for Duke of Edinburgh, Germany. And she was helping an autistic student and she was helping them with their homework. And some of the kind of reflections she has are just incredible of how she's helped this student who is very, is very different to her to complete his homework and how she's had to see things from his perspective in order to then help him. So principled, caring, the IB Learner Profile really is evident in our training. So in order to go on expedition, students have to complete certain training activities. First aid training, for example, how to read a map, how to use a compass. They also have to learn about how to protect the environment. So they're out in nature and we need to make sure that they are caring for that environment. And actually in speaking to one of the students as well, I said, what did you learn? And they said, I learned how to clean the toilets. I said, what do you mean? He said, I've never cleaned the toilets before. But when we were there at the campsite, before we left, we had to make sure we cleaned the toilets. So yeah, life skills as well that you need are evident in this. So I think the learning is really important. And at the end of the final expedition, they present a presentation as the final piece they need to do. And that really is a reflection on what they've learned. So I like that aspect. The IB is very reflective and the Duke of Edinburgh Award program is also reflective because that's where the learning happens. Once they've been through these experiences, they might not, in the frustration of getting lost, realize they're working on their collaboration skills. But when they're home and they've had a shower and kind of we get back into the classroom and talk about it, that's where they learn what has happened and reflect on it. And that's a consolidation time for them. Listening to you, Michael, young people can learn quite a range of life skills outdoors, from the obvious ones like reading a map, pitching a tent, cooking a meal, but also work on their collaboration skills, resilience and self-awareness. And now you mention civic engagement and environmental awareness. Out of all these learnings, which one are the students typically most conscious of acquiring? Which do you see as the most important to them? I think all of those different skills are very important and will be developed through the award. If I speak personally about what I consider to be most significant, I think one thing I'm very conscious of is that kind of the, the modern teenager has a lot of messages which are very negative. So for example, if we think about the impacts of social media and things like that on their brain and on their attention span, they get these negative messages quite a lot. And one thing I really like about the Duke of Edinburgh Award is say when we're looking at a map, we slow down and we focus and to show them that you have these skills and the media will tell you that people now, because they swipe on their phones or they have a very short attention span, you don't look, you're doing this right now. So I think the mental health and resilience aspect of it can be really powerful. And also if we think about 
say something like climate change and environmental destruction, which they are bombarded with all day long. Actually, we go out into nature and we see that it is beautiful and it's still there. And yes, of course, we need to do much more to protect it. And I'm a geography teacher. That's what I teach about all day, every day. But it is still here and it is still wonderful and we can protect it. So I think it takes us somewhat away from those negative messages and really awakens what is really important about the kind of the young people to say things are good, are still good. And look, we're seeing how good they are right here. Whilst all of those areas are really significant for me personally, I see the mental health and the kind of disconnection from negative messages in the media as being very important. But ultimately there are many practical skills also being developed here. And I've been away on trips where we, uh, one time we were with a group of interns for BMW, the car manufacturer, and they were doing their Duke of Edinburgh award because BMW had seen the importance of the very practical skills that their interns can learn through doing the award. So there are so much that a student will learn from doing this. But for me, I really give most significance to the kind of personal development and the resilience and mental health aspects of it. Do you see a role for the parents? Parents play an important role. They pay for it. So being able to fund it and to buy the equipment and things like that. And also in terms of that community, I would like equipment to be handed down. And when the student leaves, it can go on the kind of uh, class list of, ah, who needs a tent and who needs this? We're also trying to build up a bank of equipment in school, but for parents to network between the parents about what can pass down to, to younger students when they do the award. Parents play a very important supporting role, but I do say to parents, try as little active involvement as possible, a more passive kind of support. Make sure you don't pack their bags because they need to learn how to pack the bags. Uh, make sure you don't go and buy the food for them because that's their job. And also one thing we can't really do as a school is if a student says, for my skill, I'm doing guitar lessons in this place with this person. It's an important job for the parent just to check that that is a safe and appropriate place for them to be. We do have school approved music tutors, so many of our students do that. If they are doing something off campus, it's an important job for the parent just to make sure that's safe and that they can get there and things like that. This particular program was founded nearly 70 years ago, inspired by Kurt Hahn, a German educator, actually. And it's been quite a success so far. How would you like to see it evolving in the next decades? Do you see it as an outdoor program to becoming an integral part of mainstream education or remaining a separate area beyond the reach of the curricula? I would like as many people as possible to be involved in this program, um, but involved with it because they want to be involved with it. If I think locally here to ISH, I'd really like us to have a culture of the grade eights getting very excited for when they get into grade nine, because they can do the award and their brothers and their sisters did it before. And um, so within our community, I'd really like us to have a culture of the Duke Award being an important part of what we do as a school. I would like us to be able to broaden out to other schools in our community here and engage with those schools. We can act as a facilitator for how their students can do the award too. Again, just looking at opening up the engagement to it. Ultimately, I'm very passionate about the kind of the, the wildlife and the nature around us being accessible and open to everybody. And I think the Duke of Edinburgh Award has the ability to open up these spaces that many people in our communities simply never visit. They don't really leave the city. And through the award, 
they can do that. And that might be the start of something really important. And when they're older, they take their families and we are learning about nature and we're respecting nature much more as a result of that. So I would just like as many young people as possible to get involved with it. So as a young person, how do you get involved in the program? Is it through your school organizers such as you or are there other channels to get involved in the program? So if the student school is offering it, that's great. And every school will need a, an award coordinator. So that would be the person to get in touch with. Most countries in the world have some kind of authorized Duke Award coordinator. So for example, in Germany, we've got the Duke Award Germany. Most countries in the world, unfortunately, not all countries have a group that oversees the award in that country. Um, and if you search online, you should be able to find that information easily enough. And there are also, it's not just schools that offer this. There might be, say, a scout group in the city you live in, or there might be some kind of outdoor activity center that can also facilitate doing the Duke Award. It's really important that this isn't something you try to recreate by yourself because there's safety aspects to it. As a school to get accredited, you need to have certain things in place. So it's really important to go through a Duke Award accredited organization like we are. But if you can search online and find one that's near you, that can be a very easy way and safe way to get involved. Well, thank you, Michael, for coming in today and sharing with us what a valuable life learning opportunity for our young people outdoors program such as this one is. And hopefully an opportunity which will be offered in mainstream education as well one day, we hope. Thank you very much for inviting me in. It's been a pleasure to speak about Duke of Edinburgh Award. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Kids Gone Global, brought to you by the International School of Hamburg. There is a reading list available for this episode and others of this series on our website. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>